Hey, all you holistic hipsters out there, it's that time. So grab your chalice of choice and sit back and sip along with us. We would love to welcome you to the Tea Podcast, where we spill the tea on all things holistic in the pet grooming industry. Let me introduce you to our hostesses with the mostesses. She is the socialite of skin and coat care, Ms. Michelle Knowles. And the queen bee of all things oily, Ms. Melissa Conti-Diener. Brought to you by TheOilyGroomer.com Are you searching for a new and more mindful way of grooming? Interested in understanding how to grow your grooming business with a more holistic and organic approach? Please contact Melissa Conti-Diener at TheOilyGroomer.com so that you can set up a meeting and bring balance and prosperity to your life. And AllThingsPaw.com Intermediate and advanced courses in pet esthetician work, fear recovery, animal handling, and more. Get your learn on with all things paw. Also, classes with Melissa, online and self-guided, intuitive energy work, transitional therapy, and compassionate touchpoint therapy, and more. And the Herbal Paw Pet Apothecary. Tailored for the individual pet, phone consultations, history gathering, and the home of the Herbal First Aid Kit. Now, let's get this tea party started. All right. Welcome, welcome. Here we are. We woke up again. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes that's all all you have. (laughs) Cling to that. Exactly. This, this is a very clingy damn morning for me. I'm clinging Absolutely. desperately to it. Well, good morning, Miss Melissa. Good morning, Michelle. How are things on your end of the oh, tea table? Uh, just peachy. I am, uh, I'm recovering from a kidney stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like all things in fabulousness that I do, I don't just show up and do everything wonderfully. I also create things, <laughs> which I said to my doctor, I just don't understand. Why does it have to be so ugly? Why can't I make diamonds or rubies or pearls? Why does it why, have- why a kidney stone? <laughs> yeah, why a kidney stone? I would love like a marquee diamond. I, for all the pain I have to go through, couldn't I at least get something beautiful out of it? I hear that. <laughs> but I'm recovering today with, with what's in my teacup, which is, of course, my one of my favorite teacups from Aaron, my little queen bee. Um, cup with uh, some lavender and chamomile because I need the chamomile, which is uh, uh, has some anesthetizing properties to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I need that and I need the lavender uh, just to calm my body down after practically giving birth to. <laughs> you might want to try marshmallow as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Marshmallow is really good for just making all the tissues feel okay. They calm everything down. So that might be helpful for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. I do have some marshmallow root. Um, mm-hmm. So I will definitely do that. 
This will be a very tea drinking day for sure. For sure. What's yeah. in uh, What's in your cup? Um, I have my uh, my favorite blend. Uh, it just it's warming and it feels good, and it's kind of been rainy here and overcast, so you know. Uh, I just feel like that's really warm. And I got my, I got it in my little Al mug care of Erin Shank. Uh, we love her so much. Uh, and yes. if you she look inside, you can our, see it's inside too. It's just a little bird saying hello. Oh, <laughs> How about you, Erin? Erin always, always finds the good mugs. Our challenge she does. She's, are usually Erin's first choice. So yes, yes. <laughs> she has a talent. <laughs> she is the gift that keeps giving. So I, I have to say, so, so what are we, uh, what are we discussing today? Now that I've survived this harrowing experience. Right. Right. And, and we're all half asleep because it is early for us here, even though we all get up at four o'clock in the morning, it we're tired. <laughs> uh, you know, those pinatas uh, that have the cones all over them with the things. Well, that's what my candle looks like. And all the points are on fire. Uh <laughs> My candle is lit. Okay. Yes, yes. So today we're going to talk about the candle at all ends. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> today we're talking about touch, like massage or being near, laying hands, reach out and touch somebody's paw. I love it. So that's what we're talking about today. Who here is a touchy feely kind of person? Yeah, I know I'm not, you're not, I'm not so, so much, except if it's a dog. Right. And then uh, because I, it's not like I hate being touched. It's just that it's a very, it's so intimate to share energy with someone for me uh, that you have to be judicious about what energy you share. And if I don't know you that well, uh, I don't hate you, but I'm just going to reserve sharing energy with you until I find out if it's positive or negative or neutral or whatever. Right. So, I mean, I'm just judicious about the people that I touch and I don't think that's a bad thing, but I love your open heart. Melissa will touch. Yeah. She's, just, she's huggy feely. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Yesterday was national hug day. So. Oh, I did not know that. How appropriate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I know. So um, I am a hugger. I will hug. I will uh, shake hands. Uh, when I talk to somebody, uh, I usually will put a hand like on a shoulder or I'll touch an elbow, you know, their elbow. Um I never realized it so much until uh, one of my, actually one of my students uh, who was not a touchy feely kind of person. And she said to me, you know, usually I don't like people in my personal space and I usually don't like people touching me, but I don't feel like that when you're talking to me or when you're like, when you touch me, it doesn't feel like that. And mm -hmm. I said, because oh, I never want it to feel invasive. Right. For me, it's, you know, it's just a, for me to just relay that I'm, I'm interested in you and that I care about you. And so it's a, it's an act of affection for me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that that's the same thing that those of us that deal with, animals. It's an act of affection. Mm -hmm. We're genuinely wanting to share that loving energy with them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and uh, a, a huge amount of what we do is um, pushing positive or healing thoughts into a pet. 
Uh, and right. that's really important. And if you're, if you're any kind of empathic or very impressionable, um, you know, easy, easily affected by others' energy, right. it's important to be very judicious about who you touch. Uh, I know you, Melissa, very well, and you can hug me all day long. I don't mind that, but, <laughs> but we know each other, you know what right, I mean? Absolutely. So I, I know that I can be open and, and take in whatever energy you're giving. Uh, cause it all good, comes from a really good place. Yeah. Um, but sometimes people will go to touch my shoulder and I literally physically flinch. I'm like, oh, okay, you're touching me. <laughs> yeah. I have a really raw nervous system, evidently. <laughs> just like, I, just, I love when I go in for a hug with somebody that's not used to it. Not and, it's like, and they're like, yeah, and they're like, oh, okay, we're hugging. Okay, all right, okay. Um, okay, we're going to do this, right? This is what yeah. we're doing. And then I'm always like, that wasn't so bad. And they're usually like, yeah, that really wasn't that bad. No, I usually am uh, trying to leave you with some, you know, especially if I just, because I'm an empath, I do pick up on the fact that if somebody is, uh, I'm the person that if somebody's crying, I start crying. You know, I can pick up on that energy. So mm -hmm. if, if I'm talking with someone and I just feel like, man, they really are just trying to, hold it all together right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, a mm -hmm. hug is usually eminent. So I apologize ahead of time. If I invade anyone's personal space, it's never, <laughs> it's never meant, you know, to be, uh, to be foul or, you know, mm -hmm, anything mm -hmm. that's a negative experience. It's I'm, I'm just trying to share all that abundance that overflows with inside of me. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, and it's the same for dogs. Some dogs are like, oh, uh, excuse me. They're exactly <laughs> like that because talk about empath. Dogs live in energy and right. they already can smell your intent as yeah. you approach them. And if you're going to touch them, they're just like, mm, I don't think you're coming right with that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, White. So you have a visitor. Butter. Yeah, he's going to lick the butter off my toast. Sweet. <laughs> you didn't need that much butter anyway. It's, no, I it's farm fresh. It's fresh. Right. it's it's uh, sweet cream. So you know. Oh, hello, mm -hmm. sir. You're not supposed to be on the tea this morning. And that's my little old senile guy. Apparently, we're under attack by the Huns. So uh, <laughs> he does that on occasion. All right, White. No putting your butt in the camera. Sorry, sir. Dad. That was his main goal, anyway. Yeah, uh, it's always his goal <laughs> is to come right here, turn around. You need to see my butthole. <laughs> that is a cat's main goal at all times. So. Oh, that would be a good sound bite. Yeah. Such a pain. If I wanted him up here... He okay. Anybody who can make a meme out of that soundbite, yes. I will send. I will send some dewdrops too. I swear to you. <laughs> the first person to do that, I'll send some dewdrops too. That was amazing. <laughs> I'm very distressed because it's cold and rainy out. Yes, it he is. It's very cold. Lay, yeah, he likes to go lay in the garden where I have my big chairs. I have a big wicker chair set out there with cushions and all that stuff. And he likes to lounge and watch the birds come to the bird feeder occasionally yeah. box them on the head and murder them, which oh. is his favorite. Yes. <laughs> a cat. Here he comes again. I told you yeah. he's not going to give up. He doesn't give up easily. He's no quitter. So mm -hmm. 
Um, but so, Melissa, what are the, some of the modalities that we can use in our practice uh, that, that require touch or that use t- intentional touch? Well, uh, the ones I know of are like Tellington touch and right. straight up massage. But what can the, the person who does not really know about massage, like how, how do they use touch? Well, shameless plug, you can learn how to use my compassionate touch point therapy, which is the <laughs> method I developed, which Absolutely. is a combination of things like Tellington touch, acupressure, um, uh, what was the other one you said? Totally flew out brain fart. Um, oh, just touch, 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 yeah, touch. Massage, you know, general massage mm-hmm. techniques. But um, if you don't have any background or any knowledge in those things, the easiest thing you can do is what I teach my students, my grooming students every day, which is always have what we call the passive or the mother hand on the dog. So, or the cat, if you're working with mm-hmm. the cat. Um, And it's the helper hand. It's your non-dominant hand because we never want to dominate. We always want to do, we don't want to do anything to the dog or cat. Mm -hmm. We want to do things for the animal, which changes up our intent, which has to be a huge part of what we're doing is setting that intent. Mm -hmm. And the intent is not, this is the way this grooming session is going to go from start to finish. Mm-hmm. The intent should be more, I'm going to listen to what this dog is showing me because they can't verbalize to you. So mm-hmm. you have to listen with your eyes and also your ears for you know growls and barks and other sounds. But by using that non-dominant hand, or they call it the mother hand as the loving hand, um, that instantaneously connects you to that animal. So it's, I call that plugging in. Mm -hmm. So that is a real important thing to me. I teach my students to, um, when they first go out to do their assessment and check in their dog to literally Mm. with no thought behind it, besides this is just a loving touch. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's, um, I have to see where I could put my toast at because I have rug rats over here trying to get everything. Oh, excuse me. My cat is standing in front of the screen. So it's. He it's, almost had it. He almost I had know, the shot. <laughs> That's why. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's about setting that intent and about just never doing anything deep or hard for the, that touch. Your, your light loving touch is enough to shift energy very, mm-hmm. very easily. Mm-hmm. So, um, and if you've, uh, uh, I'm sure um, most everybody's heard of uh, when you lay hands on someone to pray for yeah. them or whatever, you're actually sharing your actual okay. electromagnetic energy with that person and then intentionally putting a thought in that, you know, bless you. I hope you, you feel better or, right. you know, become prosperous so you can pay that bill or, or whatever it is, whatever it is, you know, a sick, right. someone's sick in the family laying on of hands, you, you are electric and you're actually sharing uh, yeah. your electricity. And strangely enough, you emit a field of energy six feet away from you. Yeah. That's your heart resonance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's strange. 
but true. <laughs> and it's very measurable. They've uh, yeah. actually can measure that. So it's not all just woo-woo. It's not just woo-woo at all. You need to yeah. stop doing that. I'm going to make it my mission this year to not, I'm not accepting woo-woo anymore. Yeah. Woo-woo is not woo-woo. No. The, the Woo-woo is something like, oh, yeah, the rocks are talking to me and they are telling me to, you know, kidnap somebody or whatever. Yeah. That, that's not <laughs> woo-woo. That's woo-woo. That's neurological. Okay, fine. But I, I refuse to accept woo-woo for something that we know is real. It's not woo-woo. It's real. It's measurable. And we know that it's there. Yeah. Oh. Put my foot down, Melissa. All right. <laughs> All right. It, it's just uh, a lot of people are are afraid to step into that power, into their power. Mm -hmm. And it's I believe it's a divine right. I believe that we're given the universe or God or great spirit, whatever you want to call it. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I believe that we are born with that right to come into our own power. We're given these powers. And that's not meaning that we are um, as I sit here and pet my white fluffy cat like Dr. Evil power, you know, but it means that we have the power to actually help heal and help change other lives, not just human lives, animal lives as well. And, um, I mean, I do, I do energy work on my plants. I have a pothos that at Christmas time, I got these, um, planters that had a beautiful poinsettia and then it had spider plants in the, all in one big planter. And um, if you've ever seen some of my pictures and stuff, I mean, I, I love plants. So, um, and it had pothos in it and I took it all apart, deconstructed it when the poinsettia died, which they will do. Uh, it's not meant to last forever. And my pothos just was like, bloop, and did not like any, I transplanted it three different times and used three different remedies to bring it back up, you know, and get it perky. And it was just so sad. And so I, every morning I would do a little bit of, of energy work on it. And, um, along with the other, uh, herbal waters that I'll pour in there that will help the soil and the root. And it has come back beautifully. Mm -hmm. So I'm so happy. And I talked to my plants and, mm -hmm. um, well, talking to your plants is actually scientific as well. Everybody's mm -hmm. like, oh, you talk to your plants? Plants, the food they need to intake uh, is sunlight and carbon dioxide. We right. breathe out what they need for food, and they breathe out what we need to we live need and breathe in. Uh, so talking to your plants is is really important. I will go out and breathe on my garden plants, yeah. especially if they're not doing well. But I'll greet all of them, and I'll just blow on them. You know, say, hey, I'm here. Right. I'm close. You know, give me some tomatoes. <laughs> You know, all the things. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a huge good practice. So I, I, This is an example of how important touch is, though. So, yes, there have been studies done, but observation since a long time ago. Uh, and the one that, that comes to mind the most are the Russian orphanages mm. from World War One and World War II. Right. There were so many infants that were orphaned, and they could not hold all of them. Uh, so when they cried, uh, no one came. So they stopped crying. And then when people went in to rescue them, to improve the, the things, the children were non-responsive because we have to share energy and be touched, yeah. especially as we develop our nervous system. That sharing of energy is what helps 
us develop into a, a viable adult. And these children were just non-responsive. They would stare. They were developmentally um, behind and could yeah. never connect ever again. It stunted uh, so they, them. They are stunted emotionally. And that's yeah. what that's how important the sharing of a mother or a, um, a just caretaker. Another, right, a caretaker, another human being. It doesn't even have to be the mo actual mother. Yeah. I know yeah. just my, like my mother's generation and my grandmother's generation, um, it was let the baby soothe itself, you know, where let, let it cry and it'll sort it out and it'll fall asleep and all that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to I'm a sorry. point, yes. yes, but you're supposed to be nurturing that baby until it can figure out how yeah. to regulate its emotions. Right. And so I, I'm sorry, but just like sometimes with my plants, I've, I've become a murderer because I, I, I have smothered it to death. You know, I'm like, okay, I'll try this. I'll try that. Just like and it's that. like, stop. <laughs> I was like that with my children. I was, you know, uh, my kids slept. We had the family bed. You know, my kids were allowed to sleep in my bed. Um, it was just, you know, hugs and kisses were just a part of our everyday thing. So when mm -hmm. my kids were babies, it was never, um, oh, let, just let the, just let the baby cry. No, I couldn't, I could not, it kills me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it's, I still, to this day at 56 years old, sorry, I'm, getting all my business cards because the cat decided he wants me to play 52 pickup over here and knock everything off my desk. He's such a jerk. Well, he's trying to he, maneuver he, it so that he can show us his bow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he feeds my codependency. That's, you know, that's what cats do. They feed yeah. He's pretty needy too. Yes. He is very needy. Um, he's over here. You can't see him, but he's over here licking his inner legs, back legs. Nice. <laughs> you can't see it. But yeah, um, I just always, um, I just always was that kind of person. Like even at 56 years old in the grocery store, if I hear a baby crying or if I hear a kid wailing, mom, you know, like that sounds lost, mm -hmm. my heart just skips a beat. Like I'm like, mm -hmm. all of a sudden your brain just kicks, at least my brain just kicks back into mom mode. Mm -hmm. So well, that's uh, an actual thing. Uh, we are chemically uh, um, made as women to uh, react to a baby's cry, uh, distress of another person. Right. Uh, that, that is hardwired into our brain um, a lot. I know when I hear little puppies crying or um, something happens uh, with the dogs, I will, my, my uterus will literally start to hurt. Like, Oh my God, I have to, I have to help it. <laughs> and I know a lot of um, human mothers or human women have that really hard response to an infant crying as well. I don't have it deep like that. I mean, yes, I, I hear a distressed infant and I want to help oh, it, but uh, yeah. some of the, some of us women are super in tune with that. Uh, Melissa at Spala Paws like that. She, she always has baby fever. She always, she already has four children, but she's like, Oh, I want another baby. I'm like, you really don't stop that. Stop that right I, now. I, she's yeah. like, Oh, but when I hear look at him and hear him cry, yeah. he's just like super mother nurturer, yeah. you know? That's how I am. I'm weird. I'll be like, people have their baby in the, uh, in the you know shopping cart or whatever. And I'll be like, Oh my God, how precious. And I always mm -hmm. think, Oh God, love them. Or, you know, God bless them. And, um, uh, I had a lady at Costco had the baby and it was maybe, you know, four or five months old. And I was 
she was cooing and laughing and everything. And I was like talking to her while we were in the line, the long, long lines at Costco. And she was like, you know, for me to pick her up. And I said, oh, can I pick her up? And she said, the lady said, oh, yeah, go ahead. She's fine. And she picked her up. And I was just in heaven. My husband said I was like glowing. All I was just smelling her. I was just like. Yeah, oh. a little fresh human. Yes. I was like, oh, my God, you are just right out of the biscuit can, honey. Aren't you? Right out of the biscuit can. And I was like, you are just so adorable. And mm -hmm. I and I gave her back and she checked out and then we checked out and my husband's like, he's like, you really love babies. Don't you? I said, I, I honestly, I really just, I love humans. I love mm -hmm. them in all different forms. Mm -hmm. And I said, and he said, oh, the girls got to have some babies. I said, I keep saying it. My, my four daughters are like, no. Oh my gosh. The minute she gets a grandchild folks, oh, uh, yeah. she's just going to be insufferable. I okay. <laughs> I have a grandson, but he's he's 13. So he right. does not want he, he nicknamed me Gma, you know, because I'm the OG. So mm -hmm. and I am the OG, the oily groomer. So mm -hmm. when he was little, he was like, he just started calling me Gma. And mm -hmm. um, but now he's 13. And so, you know, I get hugs like this, like, okay, you know. He just <laughs> suffers through it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, it's like, you know, you're talking to him and he has one little earbud in, you know, and he's like, so, but yes, I'm, I'm, I, I think I really do enjoy humans at all different stages of life. Like mm -hmm. um, I've worked with teenagers. I used to, when my kids were small, I even worked in um, the nursing homes for quite a while. I did what was called uh, the 11th hour, which is mm -hmm. part of hospice program where you sit with people who are transitioning, crossing over, you know, dying, yeah. mm -hmm. actively dying. And I found that to be extremely fulfilling. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's not for the weak of heart. That's for no. sure. That's hard to watch, but very compassionate. If you can see it for what it is, just a yeah. natural process of the human condition or any living beings condition. Yeah. yeah. That's how I wound up developing the class that I talk about the transitioning and, and dealing with dogs that are getting ready to transition and, because it's it's such a it's such a hard thing for us as groomers to deal with, mm -hmm. you know, when they bring that pet in for the very last groom, and you just fall apart usually. Yeah, it's, you know it's going to be the last or the second to the last right. one. You know it's inevitably coming. And yeah, so if you've groomed for any length of time and seen a puppy from puppyhood mm -hmm. uh, to their adult and dying years, uh, you know exactly what I mean. And it's nothing to dread. You no, know, I don't no, think you no. should dread it. It's a natural course of life. Uh, and if you can just love them through it, it's not easy. It's not okay. easy, but it's very fulfilling to, to help someone through. But the touch is a part of that. You know, your touch, mm -hmm. your intention is very much a part of that time with that animal um you know it 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 can um it can relay so much more than just words can mm -hmm. so and the same thing with the owner who mm -hmm. is you know suffering so just a touch on the shoulder a pat on the back you know those kind of things you can pass that loving energy through you to them in that moment as well so um mm -hmm. Touch is really a, a an incredible thing, you know. Mm -hmm. It really is. I mean, 
Um, it's something that I think just switches up or I shouldn't say switches up. It activates something within us, especially when it's someone like you said, you know, someone that, you know, and it's not just some random stranger being like, come and hug me, you know, right. but, um, you know, just, I think it really activates something in us to want to receive that when we feel like we trust that other person. Right. Well, it's, uh, it actually calms our nervous center and slows down our heartbeat. Touching actually does do uh, create chemical changes in the brain. Uh, it uh, reduces heart rate, blood pressure, helps us to feel calmer and less stressed. Uh, touch reduces the release of cortisol and seems to have a beneficial role in our immune response. Which is touch cortisol also is the stress hormone. Mm -hmm. Touch can also strongly transmit a sense of being accepted and cared for and can reduce a sense of loneliness. And right. that's just the surface of what touch actually does. Um, well, why do you think they bring dogs in for therapy dogs into the hospitals? Exactly. Because, yeah. Because dogs are good at it already. already. They don't even yeah. have to practice. No. They're just like, come here, hug me, touch me. Yeah. <laughs> it feels good. And it does all those things for us as human beings, just being able to pet that dog. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it is, um, it is definitely something that is um, made for both species. You know what I mean? Like we are so very interconnected. And so mm -hmm. it, it makes things, um, I don't know. I think it makes things a lot more whole. I think when mm -hmm. you have that and it can affect something like your biorhythm, you know, like your mm -hmm. actual uh, blood pressure, the way mm -hmm. that the blood is pumping through your body mm -hmm. just by, you know, slowing down and petting an animal can have that quick of an effect on, on your, on, on a human's body is, is really an incredible thing that I don't think we give a lot of credit to. Exactly. A lot of people discount it. Like it's not important. Right. We probably uh, women more than men, but men also need hugs and each hug should be at least 20 seconds or more uh, for it to have a, a, a good benefit. Yeah. Um, a hug unrequited, like if you just like, okay, hi, bye, and then walk away, you're like, oh, wait a minute, it wasn't complete because of right. that connection. It takes about 20 seconds to intermingle those and make a bond uh, with ener from energy to energy. Yes. I use energy all the time when I'm healing skin. There is something to be said about, and this is, this is why uh, I do know now, especially from other people, it's hard to give somebody a recipe I mean, yeah, it'll work, but a lot of what you do to heal that pet is while you're touching the pet and using all the right stuff in the right order, you have the intent that you're directing your energy into healing. And sometimes I feel like that's even, that's why it's important to know what the skin process look like when you have, when you read diagrams, uh, Christine Pierce's, Pearson has some of the most beautiful diagrams I've ever seen, hand-drawn, beautiful. She is an artiste. Uh, but if you look at diagrams uh, and you know what you're looking for when you're touching the pet, when you're in the thick of therapy, you can imagine the products or the uh, ingredients touching and interacting with those and healing. And if you put that in your mind and shoot out that intent, um, that's as big as a healing tool as using the right 
shampoo or conditioner to me. Well, I think also when you work with things like herbal, um, you know, like a poultice or a, um, you're, you're using that direct herb um, or oil, they have frequencies. They yeah. have energy frequencies. So they are also connecting with that energetic center of that animal or that human. And I feel like our intent actually helps activate them to yeah. their best ability. Right. Yeah. So um, everything has some sort of energetic pathway. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, you know, animals and plants are, um, we, we are designed to interconnect with them, that mm -hmm. our, our energy is looking for that energy. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's, it is that, like you said, like loneliness and mm -hmm. those kind of things, but it just is like when I held that baby, like I just, I needed that little biscuit of a baby. I mean, it was such a little fat baby too. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to like, I get a little carried away, you know, like I was like, Oh my <laughs> God, I could just eat you alive, you know, uh -huh. big fat rolls. But I needed that. Like some part of me just needed to connect with that baby. And that baby knew it. That baby was like, Hey, pick me up. Uh -huh. you know? I got something for you. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yep, I, think that I think that dogs do that also, you mm. know, that, um, we, especially when they know you and when they come in the shop or you get them into the van or you see them for the, you know, for the, the first time for that particular appointment, a lot of them are happy to see you and they jump up and they want you to love on them. And that's, that's an important part of connecting like that. I and agree. And I think that it has a huge correlation, although I don't have a study pulled up or anything, but I'm sure that the, it has been studied. I think a lot of the mental health issues in our yeah. society may stem from one in one sense. I'm not saying it's this is the end all be all of it, but right. I, I'm leaning towards um, these people have an underdeveloped um, uh, nervous system uh, because they literally did not get enough hugs intentionally. And I think with dogs as well, that's why we see um, dogs taken away from their mother too soon. Uh, will have anxiety, will have, you know, developmental problems. Uh, most of them can overcome those, but there's always a residue because when your nervous system is developing, uh, you're literally making pathways to all the parts yes. of your body, to all the parts of your brain and getting all connected. And if something is stunted here and there and whatnot, that, that I think that does um, set the seed. It plants the seed for yes. a lifetime of insecurity, you know, which I'm sure you can overcome with work. But wow, a lot of us start out with a deficit in, in hugs, in sharing that energy from a mother source. You know, I, I just, uh, I do. I feel like that is a huge reason why people are just crazy sometimes. Uh, yeah. And collectively, we're getting farther and farther apart instead of coming closer together and connecting in a healthy, um, right. emotional sharing way. Well, I think a big part also is as social media becomes this bigger thing with things like TikTok and, you know, the reels and, and we see things that we no may not normally see. Like I, personally, obviously I don't watch a lot of those things, but I, um, but I do know that um, I've read uh, articles about teens 
watching violence and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Other teens and, um, you know, just schoolyard fights. And but mm -hmm. now this is not just the teens that are in the schoolyard. Mm -hmm. This is around the world. This is being, you know, shown adults yeah. <laughs> you know, at every level of development. You're seeing this more and more. And I think. Right. You know, if you have, it, it starts with you. It starts with your intention. If you have the intention, like, well, I'm not going to look at anybody today. You know, everybody's crazy and I'm not going to blah, blah. You're carrying that around and then multiplying it as you walk through society. Yeah, absolutely. You really have to have a, 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 be aware of the energy you carry and th that you're transmitting. I think it's really important to know those things. Uh, that way you can adjust. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. I think anybody can be empathic. I think that um, it is something that's inherent in us. There's just different levels and it's also a skill that you have to work on. Mm -hmm. If you want to um, really be able to work in energy and you feel like, you know, then you have to control it. Like I said earlier, I, if somebody starts to cry, I'll I, I pick up on that. Mm -hmm. um, I work in a fairly large salon with a lot of different humans and different stages of their life. And um, sometimes I will be drawn to somebody in particular and I may not say anything to them, but even if I stand near them or go near mm -hmm. them, I'll pick up on that energy and I might want to like have to cry, not cry for myself, but I just feel that emotion, you know, when mm -hmm. I'm near them. And so sometimes I'll just say, hey, you feeling okay? You doing all right today? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I'm, I'm different. I tell people that I do care about, that I love them, mm -hmm. you know? So I'll say, you know, I love you, right? Mm -hmm. And um, if you need anything or you need an ear, let me know. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I've had this happen with dogs. I've had it where I've worked on a, a particular client and I know that they have other animals in the house or I know their family situation. And I'm like, Hey, what's going on with him? I just got a weird vibe that he just didn't, wasn't himself and blah, blah. And one of my clients at one point was like, Oh, my dad died and he lived with us and da da da. So yes, they mourn, they feel those, you know, those kind of things where they can get depressed. Um, yeah. you talked about when you lost your little one that, um, mm -hmm. your other ones were in a mourning phase. Mm -hmm. So they're still recovering from right. that. They still look for her, uh, which yeah. tells you dogs will look for you forever. If you're bonded forever. Right. I think the most heartbreaking thing is when you see those videos of people dumping dogs yes. and they just wait there in the rain oh forever, just, forever. I can't, I can't. It's heartbreaking. I watched that one where the lady videotaped it just to show what her dog would do. And I was in tears. I mm -hmm. was just heartbroken. I was like, I, you know, I get it. Sometimes life makes you make very difficult, hard decisions. And, but sometimes there are other ways, you know, Well, in our society, we have developed a robust Right. Um, a place to either take your dog. Yeah. Your dog might get put down because right. there's a, a glut uh, of dogs needing homes. Um, but would you rather let them go peacefully into that good night right. or starve to death on the street? Like it's yeah. just, that's the cruelest thing, you know, no, they don't know how to survive in the wild. They don't have any instinct to do that. They have no training. Right. Any training they would have got would have been from their wild mama. Uh, and they don't have that. So they become pariahs and they get into trash and this and that and the other. Uh, 
there is a there is something that i know baby i know and then uh there is a, a story i read or or something somebody was saying something about seagulls seagulls are sky rats and they're gross and they get into the garbage and this that and the other if you think about it the seagull's job of its life is to clean up dead fish and stuff on the shorelines right. and things like that we are the ones that have created the trash piles and the midden heap and this that and the other so obviously they're going to they're going to congregate to that but absolutely i don't consider them sky rats at all they're doing they're functioning as they were made to function right. And I'm not mad at them for being who they are. And a lot of people are just like, oh, I could just get rid of all of them. Well, then you'd have a lot of garbage. Mm -hmm. You'd be sitting at, if you live on the coast, it would be unbearable. It would be so gross. <laughs> I think that we, I think that we forget that again, that we are interconnected with nature and with nature's creatures and that we remove ourselves so much from that that we see nature as a nuisance mm -hmm. that we, um, we don't want to touch each other. You know, we don't right? want to. That's a little crazy. That's a little yeah. crazy. Even though I'm not a touchy feely person, yes, I understand but, the need for connection. Right. Yeah. And so I, I feel like, you know, that's, that's a shame. It really is because um, it, it is, it is such an inherent thing that uh, it's a need. It is. It is. It's like need. food. You, you, you have to have it to be okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is, is I, I love this little parable. Uh, it's a, a Buddhist parable that Buddha, they, they, uh, the student uh, asked Buddha, what's the difference between like and love? And Buddha replied, when you like a flower, you pick it and possess it. And you stunt it, you stop it, it'll never grow again. And eventually it'll just die because it was removed from who mm. it was. It's dead the moment that you moment. Exactly. <laughs> and if you love something, you admire it where it is and you allow it to blossom and grow and do what it needs to do and be who it needs to be. Right. And, and that resonated so much with me that I was like, I completely understand that because we, for some reason, always like when I said your intent for your set, your massage or your, you know, your groom session should never, the intent is never, this is how I'm going to make this work, or this is how this is going to go. No, the intent should be, I love you. Even if mm -hmm. I don't love you in the way that I love, you know, Mr. Wu right here, mm -hmm. but I love you that I'm going to do all I can to help you in this moment. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to try to make you be something that you are incapable of being in this moment either. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of groomers do that when they work with specific breeds and they expect specific breeds to just act a specific way. And, um, and yes, they are hardwired for, uh, personality, or I shouldn't say personality, but they are hard, hardwired for behavioral traits because, you know, depending on the breed, but they all like us have individual personalities. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to connect with mm -hmm. and let them, if a dog is anxious and it just is an anxious dog, it doesn't matter if it's a terrier or if it's a spaniel or, you know, it doesn't, that doesn't make a difference. What 
what makes the difference is that you accept it as an anxious dog and you're going to adjust yourself to be able to work with that pet in that Mm -hmm. bubble of anxiousness and try to build a trust bond with it Mm -hmm. and not get frustrated. Mm -hmm. I think that's where some, uh, the good trainers out there understand this energy work very well, whether or not they name it that, whether or not they're even aware of that. Uh, Chrissy Newmeyer Smith and I were speaking and we agree wholeheartedly that um, the dogs that have a high drive nervous system, like her border collies and this, that, and the other, everybody says, Oh, you got to get their energy out. They're got to get that their energy out. The best thing you can do for a dog like that is teaching it how to be calm. Right. That's a gift to it because it already is, you know, and the the point of it is to teach them how to take a breath, how to stay calm, how to be at peace. And that's one of the most beautiful things that you can give them. And calm is different than tired. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Quiet the mind. Right. You can still be tired, but still be in an anxious loop. Mm -hmm. I live like that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) not joking. I am not joking. I'm a walking nerve, open nerve. <laughs> I, but yeah, I, I, I think that uh, also once you get the hang of, and this is something that dogs have taught me over the years, you know, I didn't start out like this. I started out doing all probably everything wrong. You know, uh, I think a lot of people uh, start out, you, you only know what you know, and you only know what yeah. the people around you can teach you. So, um, but I think that once you learn how to share that energy with a dog, it kind of teaches you how you should be all the time, all the time. You don't just have to do that, or you shouldn't just have to do that when you're working with an animal, but once you pull back and you learn that skill and you learn how to share that energy a little bit, you can walk through your life and really change a lot of different people, even though they're not aware of it that woman at the grocery store in front of you who is frazzled or whatever, you can actually stand as near to her as is socially acceptable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if, she, if she's with, if you're sharing your six foot zone of energy, that's ideal. And all you, instead of saying, Oh my gosh, that woman's having a day or whatever. Instead of saying that, say, okay, that woman's having a day. Let's push calm toward her. Yep. Because if we can get her energy a little bit calmer, she's going to have a better day. And we're going to be refreshed with that lowering of her energy a little bit, a lowering of her angst. Uh, And you could, you could actually uh, um, live your life like that on the bus at work, at the grocery store, at home with your own family. You know, we tend to come home after a hard day and be like, you know what? I don't want anybody to talk to me right now. They need you the most and you need them the most in that moment. Absolutely. Breathe with them. Give everybody hugs. Soak in their energy because you've been depleted over your day. It's been a hard day. Instead of pushing them away, accept them in. You don't have to talk, but just give everybody hugs. 20 seconds or more. That's going to help you immensely. Well, and it doesn't reach out and touch somebody's paw does not necessarily mean that you have to physically touch them. Correct. You do not have to use it in the physical sense. You Mm -hmm. can use it in a more ethereal sense where Mm -hmm. it is um, an energetic exchange. Um, I know because I journal, um, I give myself little challenges each day 
to either A, I have to say uh, at a minimum, five kind things to someone who I feel like is having a very unkind day, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that unkindness may be directed at me. So I have to find a way to say something kind to them because I have to realize that it's not always about me. I, I'm mm-hmm. always working to not be an ego mm-hmm. because that is so hard. You hit it, the nail yeah. on the head. You know, we all deal with that every day. And if you're aware of it, you deal with it even worse. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because I, if, if I was rude, if I remain unchecked, I am a true 100%. I'm a Taurus. I'm a fixed earth sign. And I could be a very easily be an egomaniac. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it is no joke. Yeah, everybody uh, has the the propensity to let their ego get carried away. It feels good, especially when you get applauded or or you know somebody says something nice about you, and you got you have to take it in stride. Yes, you are you you are very lovable and uh, deserve care and love and whatnot. But if you get in your cups, if you get in your feelings, if you get in your ego, you're kind of shutting everybody out, and then you stop sharing. Yeah, the minute you're in your ego, you you your body does not share your energy in a good way with intentional kindness. Uh, so sometimes it, it does help to be humble. You should speak up for yourself and be confident. Um, but you should also try and stay humble. So you have that good balance. Um, yep. Otherwise it gets skewed and then you're in the same boat as everybody else. And you can't help anyone. You know, the old adage in the um, airline industry, airline industry, put oxygen mask on yourself first, first before yeah. you help anybody else. Cause you're going to end up passing out and then no one, you can't help anyone at all. Exactly. Uh, so it's important to really do some self-observation on a daily basis and just check yourself a little bit. Hey, is, am I coming from a good place or am I being all full of ego? You know what yep. I mean? Uh, and you battle it every day. You know, we are human. Uh, no one is perfect. Uh, I have not seen a Buddha walk on the earth um, myself. <laughs> and I, I know that we all are dealing with this and learning how to do this until the very end. So um, absolutely just check yourself on a daily basis or check yourself after an interaction. If it came from ego, you can say, you know what? Wait a minute. That was messed up. I'm sorry. I did not mean it with that intention. This is what I meant. And just calm everybody down. Make sure that you're heard and then just back away slowly so you don't hurt yourself and others. Oh, there you oh, go. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> internet's going in and out. Maybe this is a good time to to jump ship here. I'm like my little thing is spinning, and I don't know what's going on. Uh, I pulled I you back in. <laughs> Thank you. With that said, guys, I'm going to jump out really quick. I'm going to handle a little thing over here real quick. Michelle, I'll let you close out. I'll be right back for our next. Um. Yeah, well, yeah, well, let's close out now. Then you can go handle it. All right, we're gonna, we're going to, uh, so you can get in a little early, I guess. Thank you. All right, folks, go out and touch somebody's paw. Think nice thoughts. Intention is purposeful, uh, and it means a lot. It means more than you think. If you're bitter and angry inside, do some inner work and find a place where you can care for people again. Care for yourself and care for others. Um, be the love you want to see in the world. And may your next sip be just as delicious as your last. And we'll see you soon.